God, we praise you. We praise you for your goodness. We praise you for your goodness to us. God, that you love us so much that you sent your son, Jesus. God, may everything that we do in this life be for you, not in selfish ambition. But God, may our ambition set on you and what you've done for us. God, may we be grateful every day, not just Thanksgiving week, but may we be grateful, thankful every day of who you are and what you've done for us. And, and may we not help, may we not even, may we can't help but, but speak of your greatness and your goodness to those around us. We thank you for your goodness this morning. As We pray that as, as Ben comes up this morning, God, that you would um, speak through him you would give us ears to hear, God, that you would speak to our hearts this morning, God, that your gospel would penetrate our hearts so that we can go out into this world and, and share the gospel with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, if you're a kid this morning, you could be dismissed to your classes. And if you would, um, turn to your neighbor, tell them how excited you are to see him this morning.
mean, have you ever, like, even looked at the complexity of the human body? And you see how all things work together and how even babies are formed in the wombs of a woman and the baby develops and grows. I mean, it's, it is amazing, the complexity of the human body. There is no way that could have came from a blob. I mean, you look at, like, the theory of evolution, and it makes no sense. Like, it, and do you agree with me? Like, I think it takes more faith to believe in evolution than it does God. Like, you have to be kind of crazy to think that we all came from this blob that evolved over time. And if evolution is true, then why don't you see monkeys becoming humans today? It, it doesn't make sense. And have you ever been to the mountains and overlooked the glory of creation, been to the ocean, and for miles and miles and miles, nothing but water? Have you ever been snorkeling and just seen the beauty of the ocean floor? How can you say there is no God? In fact, as, as we look at all of those things, I think very much it is obvious that it all points to Christ. Amen? It all points to Christ. So let me invite you now to join me. Uh, Acts chapter 9, I'm going to read starting in verse 32. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he rose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him. And they, return, and they turned to the Lord. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died. And when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, Please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when, they, when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then, calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known throughout all Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. And he stayed in Joppa for many days with one Simon, a tanner. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your amazing power. God, that you can bring dead things to life. And Lord, those of us who you've rescued this morning from spiritual death, Lord, we know what it means to be dead and what it means to be alive, Lord. And we were without hope, and yet you came and rescued us. Lord, thank you for your healing power, and thank you that we get to participate in that, in the lives of those around us. And I pray, Lord, that we would open our eyes, that we would see, first of all, that all of life is meant to point to you. 
Our lives are meant to reflect glory to you, Lord, to turn the attention of everyone around us off of themselves and onto you. So, Lord, would you help us to see that this morning, that our hearts would be stirred in awe of who you are. Lord, thank you that you've not left us on our own, that you have given us your word, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It all points to Christ, doesn't it? Everything we do. And here's the first thing that we see in the text. It's this. Jesus is the true healer, and we get to participate. Jesus is the true healer, and we get to participate. Look again at verse 32. Now as Peter went here and there among them all, he came down also to the saints who lived at Lydda. There he found a man named Aeneas, bedridden for eight years, who was paralyzed. And Peter said to him, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Rise and make your bed. And immediately he arose. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So Peter is back on the stage again. And he's visiting a few local places in order to advance the gospel and to strengthen the saints that are in these areas. And he heads to Lydda where he meets a man named Aeneas. Now this guy's in rough shape, isn't he? I mean, paralyzed. He's been bedridden for eight years. No doubt he's poor because there's just no way for him back then to make any kind of money. They didn't have ways to get around like we do today for those who are paralyzed it's hard to think that this man had any hope at all. I mean, he's just completely hopeless. But Peter looks at him and tells the man, Aeneas, Jesus heals you. And immediately he rose and instantaneously this man who couldn't walk for eight years was standing completely healed. Now I want you to see the significance of what Peter says to the man here. Notice, who is the one who really did the healing here? It's Jesus. Jesus is the one that did so. Peter wasn't looking for any credit or any glory. Yet at this point, you get the wrong person in those shoes. They could start to kind of feel good about themselves and want to bring attention to themselves and develop this following. But Peter has nothing to do with it because he knows where the power came from. The power didn't come from himself. The power to heal came from Christ. But still, Peter got to participate in the healing of this man. He had a front row to what had taken place. And look what also he says to this man. This is significant as well. He says, rise and make your bed. Now, we may, not, we may just kind of go past that and not really think much about it. But think about this. This man has been bedridden for eight years. That means for eight years he has not made his bed because he had been living in it. He had been staying in his bed. There was no place for him to go. He couldn't walk. And Peter says to him, hey, brother, this is the last time that you're stuck in one place. Take up your bed. You don't have to stay here tonight. You have been completely healed. Can you imagine watching all of this unfold? Now what does this have to say to us today? What can we take away from this healing? 
Well, first of all, we still have a message to share that Jesus is the healer. Amen. Jesus is still in the business of healing people today. Now, admittedly, I don't know if God allows people to heal miraculously like this. And I'm not going to sit here and try to defend that or speak against it because I just don't know. But what I do know is that there is a greater healing that takes place in the lives of us by Jesus that far outweighs any physical healing we could partake. Because the truth is, we are all born dead, aren't we? And yet Jesus came in order that we might have life, that we could have life spiritually, that we're all going to die. The cost of our sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We get to participate in sharing the healing of Jesus Christ to those around us. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Acts 6.23 says that the wages of sin is death. Why is there death? Why is there disease? Why is there suffering? It's because of sin that has entered and destroyed everything. It's why so many people this past week struggled through the holidays. It's why there are so many broken families in the world, broken relationships. Sin has messed it all up. But the good news is there is a great physician who has healing to offer all mankind and we get to participate in that uh, when I was on staff at Gospel City our sending church in Granger I had the privilege of serving as the uh, biblical soul care pastor and so we developed a counseling ministry much of like exactly what Dave Hills does with Michiana Biblical Counseling Center and I remember this one man who was in his 60s at this time. And he was a very angry man, very angry and very intimidating. I was scared to meet with the guy. But the more I got to know him, the more I just saw his brokenness. And what had happened is that he had lost way many years ago, had lost his five-year-old son. Had gotten sick and just tragically died and passed away. And so this man became very angry. But when you got through the facade of his anger, you realize that his anger was an overflow of sadness, an overflow of despair that he had lost his son. And he could not control the death of his son, but by golly, he was going to control everything else that he could. And as we met together, and as we opened up God's word, and as he came to understand that there was nothing he could have done to save his son, and he realized that Jesus is the ultimate healer, this man found peace. This man stepped away from his anger and the Lord softened him. Now here, here's the thing. Did I do that? Did I bring this man peace? Am I the one that healed his broken heart? Absolutely not. Jesus was the one that brought the hope. Hope comes from the word of God, right? Hope comes from Christ. It doesn't come from me. But guess what? I got to participate in it. So brothers and sisters, this morning, are you participating in sharing the good news of the healer? Are you speaking into the lives of those around you who are lost, who are broken, who need the good news of Jesus? If the Spirit of God lives in you, you have the ability to speak into the lives, healing for other people. Healing that can only come from Christ. So the first thing that we need to be aware of this morning is that Jesus is the true healer. And we get to participate. 
Look at verse 35. And all the residents of Lydda and Sharon saw him, and they turned to the Lord. So because Jesus is the true healer, and we get to participate in it, we must understand this. Our good works are meant to point people to Christ. Our good works are meant to turn the attention towards Jesus. Anybody who wants to come to us and praise us, we have the opportunity to say, listen, this has nothing to do with me and everything to do with Christ and what he has done in my life. Our good works are meant to point people to Christ. And we see here the people don't turn to Peter. They're not worshiping Peter. They're not ready to build an idol for Peter. They are turning to the Lord. This wasn't Peter's ministry. Rather, it was Jesus' ministry through Peter. You see the difference there? The subtle difference why even me as a pastor, I could be careful to say this is my church. I mean, this is the church I attend, but, but I'm the under-shepherd of the greater shepherd. This is Christ's church. And any ministry that we do to people is Jesus' ministry through us. More so than it is our own ministry. And if we are not careful with that, we can develop great pride if God chooses to use us and, and uses us to encourage people. We have to always be continually reminded, Lord, this is about you. This is about you. We're reflecting people to you. Don't turn to me. Don't turn to me. I'm going to fail you. I'm going to let you down. But let me point you to somebody who will never let you down. We must be careful that we don't look for own glory, our own glory in all of this. You know, one of my favorite movies of all times is Lord of the Rings. Any Lord of the Rings fans out there? Just, and I, I don't just choose one. I mean, some people choose one. I just love the whole thing. I get sucked up into this journey. I mean, the whole story of Lord of the Rings is Frodo, this little hobbit who is taking this ring to Mount Doom in order to destroy it. And the reason is, is because it's creating such chaos in the world. And all these people want this ring because there's power that they think they have with it. And so there's this pursuit of it. And Frodo is kind of uniquely gifted in this. And he encounters all these men and all these creatures who long to have this ring and have this power. They think that it's for the greater good, but really it's to serve their own desires. And that's the same thing that we have with this power when Christ chooses to use us to bring healing to other people. We must be careful that we're not craving the attention, that we're not craving what it might bring us if God would choose to use us in these things. Because any good works that we do, first of all, are they our good works? No, if you remember in Scripture says what? We are God's workmanship, created in in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he created for us in advance in order that we may walk in them. Like our good works are not meant to puff us up. Our good works are not meant to make much of us. Rather, God allows us to have good works. He gives them to us to walk in him in order that we might give glory back to him. And I think that's why... When you look at this, it was the miracles that took place only happened by the apostles or like the high up leaders. Because if this were to fall into spiritually immature people, if, if they were to do these kind of healings, 
it would lead to great pride. And don't, that's what I see in the world. That's why I'm skeptical that there's healing that still happens today miraculously from people. Because usually those ministries that you watch on TV, it's all about money. It's all about, you know, the, all these possessions that they have. It's just this worldly thing. I'm not saying God can't do that. But I think uniquely it was for the apostles and those leaders that the apostles appointed. Because weaker Christians, it could go to their head. But we aren't meant for receiving glory ourselves. God created us to be reflectors. And this is all throughout scripture, isn't it? All throughout the word of God, we see this understanding that everything we do is meant for the glory of another. Let's just run through a few of these. 1 Corinthians 10.31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Everything you do to the glory of God. Earlier in 1 Corinthians, in chapter 6, verse 20, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. Right? Jesus paid the price for us, so we are to live for another. Glorify God in this body that he's given us. Matthew 5, 16. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Again, this was Jesus. Let, it's meant to glorify God, everything that we do. Philippians 1, 9 through 11. This is Paul's prayer over the church. And it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve what is excellent and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ. Filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ. To what? To the glory and praise of God. Here's another one. 1 Peter 4.11. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God. Whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that who supplies? God supplies. In order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. We were made for the glory of another. Is that how you live your life? Everything you do for the glory of God. The way you eat. The way you drive. The way you do your job. The way you do your schoolwork. The way you parent. The way you treat your spouse. How you live amongst your neighbors. How you live when no one else is looking. How you spend your money. Do you live your life with the understanding that everything we do is for the glory of God? Every waking moment, we are called to do so for the glory of God. We are called to do good works, aren't we? Are good works meant to be something that earns God's favor? No, it's an overflow of a heart that has been transformed so that our good works will be seen by men. And we get the opportunity to say, this is all about Jesus. <laughs> because apart from him, I would be a, a wreck and I would have nothing to show for it. But because of the blood of Christ that has been shed upon me, I'm able to do these things. Because he's the one that created them for me anyway. 
Is that how you live your life? Our good works are meant to point people to Christ. Look at verse 36. Now there was in Joppa a disciple named Tabitha, which translated means Dorcas. She was full of good works and acts of charity. In those days she became ill and died, and when they had washed her, they laid her in an upper room. Since Lydda was near Joppa, the disciples, hearing that Peter was there, sent two men to him, urging him, please come to us without delay. So Peter rose and went with them. And when he arrived, they took him to the upper room. All the widows stood beside him, weeping and showing tunics and other garments that Dorcas made while she was with them. But Peter put them all outside and knelt down and prayed. And turning to the body, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and raised her up. Then calling the saints and widows, he presented her alive. And it became known all throughout Joppa. And many believed in the Lord. Here's the last point. Oops. Jesus is all about bringing the dead to life. Jesus is all about bringing the dead to life. What an incredible miracle here that takes place. The, the word spread fast of this healing of Aeneas that took place in, in Joppa. And it's a half day's journey from where Peter was. And they heard of Peter's healing and they sent for him. And there was this woman in that city named Dorcas. Anybody looking for girls' names? Dorcas is a great name for, for I mean, look, look what she did. <laughs> great works. She dies and she's already been washed and is prepared for burial. And she is no spiritual slouch here, is she? You know, this isn't like the, the crazy lady down the street who nobody likes to talk to. Because nobody's going to Peter to ask for her resurrection. This is somebody who is carrying some spiritual weight. I mean, they're bringing the garments around Peter. And like, this is what Dorcas made. She's had quite the impact in her Spirit of influence, I mean, how many of you, could you imagine, like, the funeral? How I many want a funeral like that where the people are, like, begging for somebody to come and raise you from the dead? This is an amazing woman. It's a desperate plea that they have. Certainly, this, she's been washed already. But there's this glimmer of hope because they hear of Peter, who's not too far away, about 12 miles. And so they sent for him, and time is of the essence. There isn't even time to explain. I don't know if they tell Peter why. All they know, all I know is they, they say to Peter, like, you've got to hurry. Please come to us without delay. Does he tell them? Does he tell them what's going on? Nevertheless, he goes. And so by the time you get there, it's, it's at least been a full day. It took half a day to get there and then half a day to get back. It's been probably at least a day and a half because they've washed her already. She's laid in this upper room, probably a place of worship. And notice, Peter clears the room where she's at. And what's the first thing that he does? He prays. 
put yourself in Peter's shoes here. <laughs> Someone comes to you, a half day's journey, begging for you to come. You have to come now. You cannot delay. And you get there, and here's this, all these people mourning. They've brought you here, not to care for those who are mourning, not to care for the family. They're wanting you to raise this dead woman to life. I think if I'm Peter, the first thing I'm doing is praying too. And I wonder if that's why. Does it clear the room out? Because he's like, what if this doesn't happen? <laughs> but nevertheless, that they leave and Peter understands once again that he has no power in and of himself. And so he prays. And the Lord is leading him to call for Dorcas to rise. And she does. Here's what we know. Jesus is all about bringing the dead to life. Be sure of this. Dorcas was dead. She wasn't just sick. She wasn't just like really struggling. They had washed her. There was certainty that Dorcas had died. There was no doubt here. This wasn't like, uh, you know, she was really sick and then she, she just came to health. She was dead. She was gone. They were mourning for her. They had brought the mourners in. This thing was signed, sealed, and delivered. It's over. And this is the same spiritual standing that we're all born into. We are all born separated from Christ, completely dead. No life. What are dead things good for? Being dead. <laughs> Nothing else. We're not... We don't add any value to anything if we're dead. We're, we're worthless. There's nothing there. There's no life. We are born that way, separated from him. And Jesus doesn't just make sick people well. Like I, I like when some people say, well, you're just using Jesus as a crutch. And I'm like, listen, I need more than a crutch. <laughs> I need a stretcher because I'm dead. We were dead in our trespasses and in our sin. But Jesus came as a baby as we're celebrating this season. Remembering the wonder of this little baby who came not to reign on earth, but he came to die. He lived a perfect life and then he took on the sins of every person who would ever believe on the cross. He was crushed by his father. Jesus turned his back. Or God turned his back on his son, Jesus, because of our sin that he was carrying. And he was buried, and three days later, he rose again, defeating death. Why do we sing the song that we started out this morning with? Because we no longer have shackles. Sin has been defeated. And for those of you who have repented of your sin and placed your faith in Christ, you have been brought from death to life. What an amazing gift. We've just been celebrating Thanksgiving this weekend. Are you thankful for your salvation? Salvation completely undeserved apart from any good works. We went from having all of the reason in the world to not have hope to having all of the reason in the world to be hopeful. As believers in Christ, we should be the most hopeful people in all of the world. Are you hopeful this morning?
Are you hopeful that God can save those in your life who seem far away from the Lord? Remember when we talked about Saul? Like, is there anybody more hopeless in the world than Saul who was killing believers and yet Jesus met him on the road to Damascus and saved us? If God can save Saul, he can save anyone. Are you hopeful this morning? Believing that Jesus is all about bringing the dead to life. And he's calling for each of us to participate in that. Each of us get to carry the good news to those who so desperately need it. We live in a broken world, don't we? I don't even think you have to remind the world that. Everybody knows the world is broken. And we have the good news to bring to them. So as we close this morning, let me remind you, it's all about Jesus. Everything points to him. We are called to point to him. He is in the business of healing others, and he invites us to participate in that. We are the vehicles that he chooses to use to bring light to the world. So join in. And remember that we are called to do good works, not to draw attention to ourselves, but rather to reflect glory back to the Father. After all, it was the good works that he gave us to do. And remember our helpless state apart from Christ. When we remember that, when we understand how helpless and hopeless we are apart from him, it sets us up to realize that when God uses us for good, it is all his doing. He took something dead and brought life to it. Don't forget the power of the resurrected Christ. He is in the business of restoration. He is all about taking something that seems hopeless and breathing life into it. It all points to Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder of the healing of Aeneas and the resurrection of Dorcas who was out cold, Lord, dead in her trespasses and her sins, dead physically. Lord, we are born that way. And yet by your power, you bring resurrection. Lord, we don't deserve to have breath even this morning. And I do pray for those, Lord, if there's anybody here who who is dead in their trespasses and sin this morning. Lord, number one, that you would open their eyes to help them realize that they are lost apart from Christ, just like everybody else here. Lord, that they can't do enough good things to earn your favor. And Lord, they can't do enough bad things to make it impossible to be saved. After all, you rescued Saul who was killing believers. Lord, if there are those who feel hopeless and helpless, would you remind them, Lord, that in Christ... They can find life. Lord, encourage the believers this morning. Remind them that everything they do, they're called to do it to the glory of God. The good works are meant to reflect glory back to Christ. To help people understand that they can take, he can take broken sinners like us and breathe life into it afresh and anew. So, Lord, those who are discouraged this morning, thinking they're without hope, would you remind them of what you can do? 
Father, it's clear. It all points back to you. Lord, I pray that you would remind us of that afresh and anew. Encourage our hearts this morning. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before we get into worship again, sing this last song, um, let's write down some action steps um, based on the message today. Uh, first thing uh, that you can do this week be to memorize Colossians 1, 15 through 17. I'm just going to read that for us right now. It says, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. And as we look um, up to Christmas, as we um, get to start singing some Christmas songs next week, um, let's put that in our heart and remember that, that our Lord came down to earth. He is the ruler of all, yet chose to, came down to, to come down to earth for us, um, to sacrifice himself for us. And then read Colossians 1. Um, just give some context of that scripture. And um, um, Colossians 1, just a reminder of how great God is and how, um, how not great we are, right? And uh, just the love he has for us and the, the mercy he's chosen to, to bestow upon us. And then uh, three, participate with the healer. Um, knowing that it is Christ, it is, it's God who heals. And, uh, and knowing that we have the power, we have the power to, to live for Christ and to do what he's asked us. And then four, be a reflector. To be a reflector of who Christ is. As we go out in our um, jobs, as we go out to our family, our friends, wherever we're at, to be a reflector of who Christ is, to be Christians, that word, you know, just means little Christ, to be little Christ wherever we're at. Amen. So if you would like to write those down, uh, maybe check one or two or three or four that you want to commit to this week, that would be awesome. And if you would stand with us, we're going to sing one last song that we sang earlier. And give God the praise this morning. Praise to the Lord, the Almighty, the King of creation. Oh, my soul, praise Him, for He is your help and salvation. Come all you hear now to 